Welcome to the mind of Lance Curve, the most creatively profound man in cyberspace. Welcome once again to another episode of Lance Curve. If it seems like I'm out of breath, I had to run up the steps. <laughs> so I'm out of I went downstairs and I had my mind on the time and I said, it's another three minutes. And when I got down there, it was like, uh-oh, <laughs> I forgot something. But anyway, I'm glad to be back. We had a wonderful dialogue last night. And I also realized I have something on the stove that I have to cut off in a few minutes. So I'll put some music on and skedaddle down there for uh, 90 seconds or so. But everything is good. And I'm glad I got those things off my chest last night. For those who come in, just let me know if you can hear me, if the sound is good. And if in shock, a welcome from DR. And greetings to you. Yes, just let me know if the sound is coming through. Malisha, how are you? Yes, we're filing in. And um, it's been a good, restful day. I'm not as aggressive as I was yesterday or even last night. But it's still there. Don't push me now, right? <laughs> but, you know, thoughts are always coming to my mind. And I never have a shortage of, of things to talk about. That's one way in which I've been blessed. You know, my mind is all over the place and I use that to my advantage. You know, so as I go out throughout the world and I come back home and it's like, I thought about this, I thought about that. I don't have to jot it down. It just comes to me. And there are things that are obvious that I have to talk about. But let me just type in here sound check so I can know that everything is sounding good just put here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and if it's shocker, thank you so much. I'm working from my laptop. For some reason, I have internet and it just won't work. MW, peace to you also. You know, my stuff is getting kind of shabby over here. It's time for some upgrades. I mean, I work my stuff every day, you know, programs and things and this and that. And it's just like, I always say there's never enough time in the day. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm a little paranoid as to what my food stuff is on the stove, and I should have taken care of that. I thought I had enough time. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play a song just for about 90 seconds, and I'm going to come back out of breath again. And um, just bear with me. I should have done that. That's an oversight on my part, okay? So I will be right back. Why are we called Negroes? Why are we deaf, dumb, and blind? Why is everybody making progress, yet we seem to be lagging so far behind? Why are we mistreated? Why are we in this condition, stripped of our name, our language, our culture, our God, and our religion? Here in America, all of our religious training has been gotten by the preacher. He has told us of a heaven way up in the sky that we can't enjoy now, but rather after we die. But all of the years that we're living, for us there's nothing but hell, pain, torture, and misgiving. Yet the Bible speaks of a heaven filled with material luxury, which the white man and the preacher has right here, so we see. So, my friend, 
take it for what it's worth. Your heaven and your hell is right here on this earth. So let's check back into history, which rewards all research and tells us plainly that before the white man gained entry to the east, he was living in the caves of Europe, a ravenous beast, eating juniper roots and eating flesh raw, till God sent Moses to civilize him and teach him the law. Then following Marco Polo, an explorer, he gained entry into Asia and Africa. From China, he took silk and gunpowder. From India, he took juice, manganese, and rubber. He raped Africa of her diamonds and her gold. From the Mideast, he took barrels of oil untold. Raping, robbing, and murdering everything in his path. The whole black world has tasted of the white man's wrath. So, my friend, it's not hard to tell. A white man's heaven is a black man's hell. America, we were living in the east, by the Nile River, we were living in luxury, enjoying freedom, justice, and equality, we were silk and rope, it was a gold, we were the wealthiest and the wisest people I'm told, now we are the poorest of the poor. Nobody wants us at their door So my friend, it's easy to tell White man heaven, black man hell When the white man came to America He told the Indian I am your white brother He said, red man I'll treat you the best, yet until he pushed the Indian further west with his white woman and fire water. Tricks and lies he stole America, the original owner of this nation is cooped up on a reservation. So my friend is he with his white woman and fire water. <laughs> I got in trouble in history class with that one. <laughs> and the teacher asked my um my mother and father at the PTA meeting, <laughs> where did he get that from? <laughs> and my father said, well, isn't it the truth? <laughs> I'm back, y'all. Peace of Pulley, Renee Green, K. Levy. <laughs> I'm out of breath to give it. I took care of everything down there. So <laughs> she didn't know what to say. <laughs> what are you going to write? Write up my parents and suspend them? <laughs> Isn't it the truth? 
Ah, uh, that wasn't a chill day. I was a little bit of a clown. Nobody messed with me, though. Indigo King 111, welcome back. Welcome. Wow. I just want to talk about unplugging and how we've, we're so distracted, really and truly. And we, I'm not seeing anybody here. I always had to say that. Because sometimes I say, you this and you that. And people are like, damn, so you're talking to me? And I'm like, no, I wasn't talking to you. It's in general, it's the way we speak, you know. And if I knew anything about anyone here, which I do, some of our folks and family here, I do not spread and, and share. I don't do that. Other people do it about me, but I don't do it about them. Uh, let me jot down, look down my notes here. Okay. In the hustle and bustle of modern life, it seems we've lost sight of what truly matters. Hmm. Have we? Once, our focus was on endeavors that held real significance, shaping our lives and the world around us for the better. However, in today's society, distractions abound, pulling us away from meaningful pursuits and leaving us adrift in a sea of trivialities. Let's delve deeper into this lack of focus, explore its causes, and chart a course back to more wholesome, fulfilling existence. There was a comment made in one of the videos. I guess it was way back, but I don't miss any comment, meaning that I have the studio app for my YouTube channel and all my YouTube channels. And if you put a comment on a video from 10 years ago, 12 years ago, bing, it comes up and I see it. And that's good because people will leave comments and want to answer. I'll comment back, which I have to really be a little more true to do now. More activity, you know. But um, they were speaking about entertainment and how the novelty of what we call entertainment is just downright nasty, downright low vibrational. And we're, we're feeding and feasting off of ourselves. You see what I mean? It's nothing good. It's nothing like what it used to be. You know, even when you had a love song that it wasn't negative, but it was just about the situations of when you, you're in love. I was humming this song by Gladys Knight the other day. Neither one of us wants to be the first to say goodbye. <laughs> you know, in those songs that she sung and others, that meant something. And you could feel the emotion in it. And it actually taught you lessons in this life about love, about relationships. And of course, you have some other songs about other things, but it was mainly about love. And it was a good thing because we were a people who were always in love. Maybe it's a bad thing. Some people say, I've heard some people say, oh, it's no good to be in love. And I, I don't mean like you walking out googly eyed and foolish all the time. But you know, when you are a teenager, get into adolescence, you have that crush. And, and it feels good. It feels good. Now, that can take us away from the things we have to do also. But it's not chaos. So this is why I say, why can't we unplug from the chaos? Because, to be honest, 
as a people, hmm, I'm not saying us here, but you know as well as I know that we gravitate toward the chaos. We love the drama. When we see two people talking to each other loud before we understand what it is, oh, what's wrong? They fighting? They fighting? The first thing out of, out of our mouths. Like we want that to happen. You know, what's wrong? What's wrong? And when nothing's wrong, it's almost like we're disappointed. The erosion of focus. Caught up in the chaos. Number one, distraction over depth. Instead of engaging with meaningful activities, we find ourselves drawn to shallow pursuits like celebrity gossip, mindless scrolling through the social media feeds, and immersion in online gaming. Folks used to play cards. Folks used to go to the off-track betting and to the horse races to go gamble to the casinos. But there was a social element to that. You were with people. Now you can game and gamble online by yourself on your smartphone. Mindless scrolling through social media feeds. Your mind is wide open. You're getting the stimulation of the social media feed, but your, your mind is wide open. And whatever you see goes right in there. And we wonder why we don't have the ability to focus anymore. I mean, really focus and get a job done. Celebrity gossip, that speaks for itself. There's going to be stuff that's true. There's going to be stuff that's lies. There's going to be stuff that's engineered. And we call them celebrities because <laughs> the world calls them that. I think, I think that they are put there and placed there. Yeah, some have talents and most don't. But they're placed there as distractors. And there's going to be a lot of distractions in the times coming up. But we lost focus and we can't seem to unplug from the chaos, even when it's engineered. And then we carry this thing on in our personal lives. Think of the times when you had a chaos-free life. It might be now, <laughs> right? It might not be. But, oh, wow, really, M.W., really? Wow. I used to love those songs. Gina G, welcome on in. Wow. She'd rather live in his world than be without him. <laughs> and the pips, I don't know what show it was, but it was Gladys Knight and the Pipsy, and it was a show, and they were there. Could it have been Saturday Night Live? This was back in the 70s or 80s. And they had the Pips performing the song. They weren't singing, but they were, they were doing everything back up. Oh, yeah, they were singing, though. But they were doing everything back up with the moves. And the parts that she sung, you didn't hear it. <laughs> I don't know if anybody can remember that or remember what show that was. That was so cool. You know, my world is his, his and his alone. <laughs> and they were, you heard them snapping the finger and doing the moves. It was like they just removed her from the song. Then, then she came back on. It was so cool. But the feel of that and the emotion of someone speaking their, their situation. And see, we're so against emotion. Oh, you're too emotional. Yeah, you can be too emotional, like water boiling over. From a pot, 
if you can have it under control, if you can have it to a certain level, it's a beautiful thing because that's the thing that sweetens life. You talk about how fat is bad. But in food, a certain amount of fats gives it really good flavor. And we need certain fats in our diet, essential fats. Number two, technology's grip. The omnipresence of technology has fundamentally altered the way we interact with the world. While it offers unparalleled convenience and connectivity, it also fosters a culture of constant distraction, pulling our attention away from the present moment and meaningful human interaction. I said something to that effect last night. And we're so caught up in that that we don't have the now. There's always some event coming up in the future or something that passed by. Now, let me tell you something. I was never into football. I used to play it, touch football in the street. In junior high school, we'd play on the weekend, and sometimes during, you know, intermission. But I never really was into it. But I was pretty good at it. But I never wanted to pursue it. Same thing with baseball. I wasn't as good in baseball. It, you're sitting around half the time, <laughs> waiting for your turn to bat. I like boxing. I like bodybuilding. But two days ago, well, actually, two days before yesterday, today's Monday, so Friday was two days before Sunday, I found out it was the Super Bowl. I didn't know. I didn't care. I wasn't caught up in it. I knew it was coming up, you know, weeks ago, but eh. Didn't bother me whatsoever. Not my concern. But I want to speak about something real quick that is kind of going off the beaten path, but something was shared with me about the high cost of the closest seats to the field in the Super Bowl, how much thousands it was. I don't know whether she said it was 11000 or 14000 It was around that. I call it Toyota Corolla money. But even Toyota Corollas cost more than that now, <laughs> right? But back in the day, you can get one for $14,000 or $13,000. It might have been stripped. But for what, though? One day? Yes, we have the corporate bigwigs who probably jammed those seats and a few celebrities that did that just to be seen. And with the corporate bigwigs... You treat your buddies out, it's a tax write-off. Well, who else? And I hope nobody was trying to live above their means and go there. When that money could have been used to help a child get through school, help somebody get through a health issue where they had to have a procedure done. Like, what is wrong with us? We're in a different world. Yes, I was at that Super Bowl. And then what? As toxic as we are, I just wanted to say that. Number three, dwindling human connection. As our lives become increasingly digital, genuine human connection suffers. We've grown accustomed to virtual interactions, but the depth and richness of face-to-face -face communication are irreplaceable. This disconnect contributes to a sense of isolation, 
and diminishes our capacity for empathy and understanding. Yes, it feels like the world is even colder now. Like I said, the love has been sucked out. Like when you travel up high, high, high up in the mountain and the air gets thin and you start breathing. I remember the first time I climbed one of the Adirondack Mountains. Out of the 49 of them, of them up in New York, up, upstate New York, I hiked 11 of them several times over for some of them that were closer. And I remember I panicked. I was 11 years old. I went up there to 110 pounds at 11 years old. By the time I came back after seven weeks, I went down to 85 pounds. That's a lot of weight for somebody who was only 110 pounds. But we were eating fruits and pure food and hiking in the sun and up. Wow, what a way. But the air was thin. No face-to-face communication. We were wearing these masks. Some people have hats on and social distancing. That's That's to keep us apart. That's to keep us apart. And we're feeling it now because it's easy to delete each other. It's easy to cheat on each other and not have any empathy for the next person's feelings. You see what I mean? I was over at a friend of mine's house. It was back in America. So he told me he knew, not his present woman, but one he was with for years before, that his woman was cheating on him. That's what? How did you come to that conclusion? Did you catch them? Did you Here's something, or, you know, was something concrete that you got. Yeah, he said, it was concrete. Because the dude was right there in my living room, man. We were watching a boxing match, a bunch of us, and that Negro had nerve to come up in my house, knowing he was screwing my woman. So I said, I said, how did you know? Well, he got up, went to the bathroom, and the way her eyes were trailing him, yeah, I was looking at her in the mirror across the room. She just couldn't keep her eyes off and had a smirk on her face. I said, man, that's not, maybe she was thinking about something and, you know, people move in front of you. You're, no, not the way she was looking at him. I said, come on, man, that can't be enough. I mean, I suspect now. You said she was looking at him up and down or whatever. Maybe she wanted to do something with him or, you know, no, 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 no. So I said, come on, man, you got the more information on that? He said, listen to this. He came back, and the, the fight was going on good, and he came back to the good part, and he walked in front of the coffee table and banged his shin. And I know that bad boy hurt. So I said, he banged his shin, so now you know your, wife, your woman was cheating on you? He said, yeah, because when he banged his shin and grabbed it, See, ooh, ooh, and grabbed it too, her own shin. I was deep back then. I said, oh. Now, you know when you have a child running around the house and they might bang their shin. They may come in and have a bloody knee from, from scraping it. And, and, and you're so connected to them that you can't help but, oh, oh baby, come here. Oh. Like you're hurt and you feel it. It's it's a thing because you're connected. And homeboy was wise enough. He was a little tipsy when he was talking to me. That's why I was talking like that. But he knew when we speak about 
dwindling human connection. You can tell people who have a connection, even when they try to keep it covert. And I thought that was wise. He later on did find out, but he saw from that subtle thing that most of us don't notice. See? And that's dwindling now. We don't have that in the right way anymore. We don't have any empathy for each other. You don't have to be sleeping with someone to feel for them. But in these days, it's less and less because the connections are gone. Number four, diminished emotional resonance. The prevalence of digital communication has desensitized us to the highs and lows of the human experience. We cry less at funerals, feel less longing in separation, and experience less joy in reunion as our emotional connections become diluted in the virtual realm. Yes. But I think it's more than that. I think we're giving it up. I think we're willingly giving it up for something that's taking it from us. See, you know how I feel about this. I, I, I think it's some alien, and I don't mean just some big-eyed green, blue, or whatever thing up in the sky. I think we are around these aliens. But there is a spiritual element to it that we've given up that and they're taking it from us. Not that they're going to be nice and have sympathy or whatever, but that human element that we possess is food for them. I'm not going to back up until somebody proves me different. I'm not saying I'm right. That's just my perspective on it. We have CERN that released all these demonic forces when they ripped the fabric of whatever separates this realm. It's opened up a portal. We know that there's always been evil in the world, but it's increased so much. The one-man upmanship, the lust, the twisted, crazy stuff that we see every day. It's worse. Plus, we have now more stresses now, trying to keep up financially. And so things are amplified. But like the, like the shrimp or the frog inside that pot of boiling water, it starts to feel warm, and the frog says, ooh, this feels so good. It feels warm. It gets a little hotter. I'm like, okay, now, uh, we don't need it any hotter, but it still feels good. And after a while, it realizes what's it, what it's in. Say, hey, what are you, cooking me or something? And you turn the fire up, and the frog is panicking. Our humility, our love for each other, even for ourselves. A lot of us don't even love ourselves. We don't indulge in self-care on so many different levels. Diminished emotional resonance. But we're feeding it into the smartphones, the computers, the tablets, and our eyes are wide open. Our brains are wide open. And whatever sinks in there, the subliminal stuff too. Remember, there's messages that we're absorbing Hook, line, and sinker. Would you eat from a stranger that you don't know that looks weird? That, 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 that looks like they don't take care of themselves? Yeah, you take a plate of this food and try it out. You're like, I'm not eating from you. I don't even know you. <laughs> Half the people we know we're not going to eat from. So we don't know what's giving us this stuff. We know the system of it. We know the companies and the entertainment companies and the social media platforms. But there's also a spiritual transferal that people don't really 
understand. We are opening ourselves so much up to this unknown thing, this unknown source that's giving giving us. Look, the, most men, if nobody was looking, some gorgeous lady walked up to him. Come on, baby. You know, I am. Um, <laughs> it's been a long time for me. Grab the hand with. Oh, oh, okay. He's looking. You come out with a deadly disease. You eat something from somebody you don't know. You might get poisoned. Might get sick. We'll be lay down with this phone and just absorb everything that comes. Not to be lewd, but it's almost like two people who know each other and they're making love and the woman's wide open and she loves the man and she wants that baby. So she's wide open, taking everything that he gives. Well, that's how we are with these devices. And that's why we can't focus on what we want to focus on because you know when you fry eggs, you got to put a little butter, a little oil in there because it'll stick to the pan. See, we want to stick to the pan. But there's something that doesn't want us to stick and make everything catch right. It wants to keep us separated. Like it said, there's, there's less longing when separated. Less excitement when the reunion comes because our minds are taken up somewhere else. Most of us are cheating with our smartphones. I know you've seen those memes and those pictures where there's a woman being made love to by a husband, doggy style. He's throwing his head back in ecstasy. She's down there texting on her phone, not even paying him no mind. They're both in different places. How many of us find ourselves in that place of disconnect? Number five, fractured families. The fabric of family life is unraveling with relationships strained by busy schedules, digital distractions, and a lack of meaningful connection. This functionality has become the norm, eroding the foundation of support and love that families once provided. I was always very sensitive to what's around me, and I still am. And sensitivity doesn't mean you're weak. If anything, it means you're very strong. Not in the way of having big muscles or, no, no. But you could sense things around you or things that are coming. Doesn't mean you have some superpower I can sit here like the great Swami and Put an envelope to my head and tell you what's in it. Or tell you the winning lottery numbers 10 years from now. No. But it's that intuition. And I remember being a younger man, even sometimes single-digit ages, going over my friend's house, or even young teenage years, or the tweens. But I remember being able to feel an overwhelming sense of love in those households or something dry, a disconnect. There was a man on my block who had three sons. I won't even say their names. One went on to be a Hollywood actor. Not necessarily super well-known, but y you've seen him. <laughs> Trust me, you've seen him. And that father was more interested in the young girls. We're talking young girls. 13, 14, 15. And nobody really caught on to it until right before he passed away.
but he was so cold to his sons. He wasn't really into them. He did the bare minimum, but he was more into his car and those young girls. It, it, it was crazy when you think back at it. But the one son that did good in Hollywood, he was treated the worst. And I won't say the specifics because he do talk, and I know he wouldn't mind me saying that, but I'm not going to say his name. But he treated him so bad. And the other one had health problems, and the other one ended up being a pedophile also. He's locked up now. Thank the Lord. <laughs> but when you would go over their house, it was just so dry and bare. It was furnished nicely, but it was just dry. And there's some households where the parents may not be able to provide the top notch of anything, but you can feel the love and togetherness. And we don't see that anymore. We, we've lost that connection. And once I'm around someone, I can feel them after a while. And I can't say or pinpoint what they'll do or what they're thinking exactly, but I have a good feel on what they're about. There have been people that have come around us. I remember Mr. Skurr saying, you know, <laughs> that woman's right, woman right there is wicked. He's evil. Even though the woman did everything nice. <laughs> he spotted it a mile away. So it didn't come as no surprise when an individual started to do evil things. Sneaky little underhanded evil things. He was ready for it. You see what I mean? That's that's how it affects the families, you see, because if we don't make an effort to, to pull away all of these other things that are taking us away from each other, we'll just be bodies. We'll just be like, we need that emotional connection. We're like the living dead, walking around with no connection. Number six, rising crime and cruelty. All these overlap. Despite advances in law enforcement and social progress, society is plagued by a surge of crimes and acts of cruelty. The breakdown of community ties and empathy contributes to an environment where violence and exploitation thrive. I remember in 1977, in July, in New York City, I was 14 years old. On 133rd Street between 103rd Avenue and 101st Avenue. We just finished playing softball and it got a little darker. We were still hanging out right there. Boom! Where were you? Where the lights went out in New York City. Now I know exactly where I was. We thought it was just a little thing with the street light until we looked down the block and everything was black. Then it was, it took like three minutes. That's a long time. Maybe two. We're about two minutes. All of a sudden, because the major street, that's 103rd Avenue, then it was 100 uh, Liberty Avenue right there. All of a sudden, we heard the roar. And we saw people running, running up toward where the shops were. That quick. See, and we didn't have social media back then. So now that we have social media and the love and the empathy and the restraint and the decency and the connectedness and the consideration, 
has been more reduced. What would happen if we had another blackout where you can break the glass and get those blackout bikes? Because we had some bike shops up on Liberty Avenue, but they sold mopeds, motorized bikes. Everybody was riding a motorized bike. They didn't have any way of doing a low jack thing to prove that that bike was, was stolen or not. TVs, everything. TVs were heavier back then, too. <laughs> so wasn't nobody getting no consoles walking down the street. You know, the console, I never understood the console. All this big wood and everything, and it's sitting on the floor. You got to look down at the floor to see the TV. And it made no sense. Which would have positioned the floor seat faster because your head was bowed down even faster. But human nature, even then, when we were supposed to be better off, now it's a powder keg. Let something jump off. We are so ready to fight and and unalive people and delete people and, yeah, let that happen. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Now, I'm one for being prepared, but I don't walk around thinking about what I'm going to do to people unless I feel I'm in danger, and I will do it to preserve myself or anyone who's innocent around me or who I love, whether I love them or not. Don't do anything wrong to somebody for no reason at all. But we're set up that way. We're desensitized. It's all about me, 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 me. As long as my kids ain't get hurt, as long as I didn't lose no money, as long as I still had my job, I don't give a damn about that. But on the flip side, the rising crime and cruelty, we have more hustles. We have more people who are here with the hustle, right? Just a little while ago, I could screenshot it. TikTok again, y'all. Did y'all read the article about the TikTok whores that I wrote? Go to landscurve.com. Look on the side panel. You'll see it. Unless I scroll down because you know I do these shows every day. And people connect with you and follow you. Yeah, I'll follow you back. It doesn't mean we have this budding friendship or whatever. But this young lady who lives out here in Ghana, lives out in Tema, which is not a walk away. It's a little drive. It's not, it's not even, when she's in our car, it's not even a one-hour drive. It's like mm, 30 minutes maybe. Maybe, 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 give, give or take. Hello? In a text message. Hello? How are you? I'm okay. I mean, I was eating with one hand and had my little phone in the stand and I was hitting numbers. Well, what does this woman want? I kind of figured it out. But I didn't want to, you know. Oh, I'm doing fine, but I'm not doing fine. Okay. They come to hustle. We never had a conversation. You know how social media gets it, at least with me, because I do these shows and then some people just want to say hi. I'll say hi. You follow me. I'm going to follow you back. Because you got some Nazi, you know, Klansman or something. <laughs> I'm going to block you. I don't even want you to follow me. But then she says, oh, I hate to ask, but I have to ask you. I knew it was money. I said, well, what do you, I was being funny now. What do you need, advice? <laughs> oh, my father's not feeling too good, and he needs medication, and I don't have any money. But she chooses me. After adding me in on her little circle, which is no big thing. It's just a formality. And months have gone by. You haven't even had a conversation with me, but you 
asking me for money? That's the hustle. Because women get up on here and ask me for money every day. Because you're learning scurve and, and you have this look online. Yo, I am not nobody's celebrity. I do not have money like that. I just do what I do every day. It helps me to save money, actually, even though I have to spend money to keep this stuff going. And I said a few more things to her. She caught the picture, and she just faded away. This is what they do. So even though people are doing bad things, people are more, people, people are out here looking to deceive you just as much. Online begging. When people need something, you know when they need it, especially if it's in your circle, and that's a whole different story. If I have and you need, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer. But these people who use this online thing as a hustle, that goes along with that title of rising crime and cruelty, which was number six. Number seven, environmental neglect. Our relationship with the planet is one of exploitation rather than stewardship. Disregard for the delicate balance of nature has led to environmental degradation, threatening the very ecosystems that sustain life on Earth. Yes, many of us are responsible and irresponsible from the small to the largest. Of course, we know we have the big corporations that, that have the toxic dumps and they're cutting down the trees and they're doing all these things that they want the profit now, but they're not thinking about the long-term situations. The animals live in these woods and we need those animals to be living in these woods. We need the woods. We need that ecosystem to balance out. If you cut down three trees, plant six. We should leave certain things alone. You know, they say that Central Florida is the lightning capital of America. And is, I think, and don't quote me on this, I think the Congo is the lightning capital of the world. It's somewhere in Africa. So don't quote me on that. And if I'm wrong, just put it down in the comments section. But in America, the most intense place with lightning is Central Florida, and it's frightening. I had to get used to that. I actually got indirectly hit by lightning. And it came through the window one time and right by my feet. <laughs> I used to think lightning was coming after me. I would see the storms far away and say, oh, my God. Oh, my God, there's lightning. But they're, they're ripping down so much in central Florida now. You know, I left in 2020. And people say that in three and a half years, last, man, it has changed. They showed me pictures. It's like, where did you wait for me to leave before you changed? Not that I want to stay there. I couldn't wait to get out. I couldn't wait to get out of America for the longest time. Decades. Decades. It wasn't like it was this overwhelming feeling, but I knew my future was not in that place. And I saw through the propaganda that they put out there to make you feel that America is the best place. No, America is not the best place. And every way out here has issues. But it might be the best for you. Like I said, we have family to take care of, special needs situations, elderly, you know, job. Oh, I'm going to retire in 10 years. I'm going to get this money. I'm not saying to leave. But out of all of the menu, the list of places to go that may fit you better. I'm a New York City boy. I'm saying that for effect. Don't, don't, none of your people go out here, oh, you said boy, you can say, no, no, you must smack the taste out your mouth. <laughs> 
a family can call me, but y'all can't do it. You don't have that right. But even though I was born in that atmosphere and mastered that atmosphere, if you put me there right now, it's like a fish in water. I'll walk, I'll get my little stride back, you know. A couple things may have changed on a superficial level. But the bottom line, that's by wiring to the core. But that is not what I prefer. That is not what resonates with me, like here. And when I have to go into Accra and come out of the mountains, let me tell you something. I don't, most of the time, I don't want to go down there. Not because it's a crowd, but because of the city and the energy, which is nice. See, when I crave it, it's okay. When I crave it, it's okay. But when I get down there and get a taste of the fast life and see the clubs and see the restaurants and all that, I'm like, oh, man, I'm be going back home because I love this. I love this. And going back to the fact that Orlando is the lightning capital of the world, and because of the exploitation and the environmental neglect in so many places being built, I asked, where is the lightning supposed to strike? If the open land is taken away, when the lightning drops, it's going to hit something all the time. You see, we have to live in balance with nature. But we have no regard of our responsibility to honor it because it sustains us. How are you going to keep taking money out the bank account and you're not putting money back in? You're going to go to the ATM one time? The car is going to spit out and you won't be able to get anything. And that's sad. That's sad. we got to have respect. Number eight, spiritual and moral decline. As material pursuits take precedence, our spiritual and moral compasses waver. We prioritize personal gain over communal well-being, neglecting the deeper questions of purpose and interconnectedness. Long word, interconnectedness. We walk around like we're not connected. There's more to this existence than we realize. We are connected. We don't have to have a soul tie with someone to be connected. Just to be within close proximity, it's an energy thing. You know, I wish, this is something I wish, because I'm fascinated with this creation and this level that we're on. But I know our lives on this level are not long enough to know it all. And even though when we transition and we go to a good place, we ain't paying nothing else, no mind. Pretty much, maybe. But I would like to know how this thing really works. More than what they can say on the science programs and stuff, because there's more to this than meets the eye. What's really at the bottom of the ocean? How big are the creatures down there? How do we fall in love with somebody and stay with them and love them? How do we get with somebody and it doesn't work out? Like, like what are the factors? How does love work out? How does... What really happens during sex? I'm not even being funny. I'm just saying, like, what? I mean, we know what happens. I, I think after a couple of kids, I, I know what happens. But what I'm saying is that this thing called orgasm, is it a place that exists already and we're given a sampling of some type of bliss to drive us on? I'm not saying we're going to go to an afterlife of a one perpetual orgasm. Oh, my God, I, that would be madness. 
<laughs> Walking around in the spirit body, coming all day. I'm not saying that. But the things that, that are mysteries to me, those are the things that I want to know. The spiritual, the real spiritual. Because like I said before, a lot of us grab onto the man-made religions. I have no problem with that. We all need training wheels on our bikes. But after a while, the training wheels have to come off. So you hold on to Catholicism, hold on to Christianity, hold on to, to Islam, hold on to Judaism, hold on to Buddhism. Well, here we are on this earth. Now, I know that some of the aliens, I don't know nothing about them, but we all argue. I'm not saying we're fussing and fighting and arguing, but we all argue what's the real thing, right? But I feel just like oxygen. There ain't no Muslim oxygen. <laughs> There's no Catholic oxygen, right? So what's the real deal? I don't know. But it's something. I think it's, I, I, it's one way, y'all. It's one way. No matter which way culturally or or. or on the ideology, on the ideology level, we we decide to choose this. This is our path. I'm not knocking you, but after a while, you got to come up high enough to know that it's bigger than what that little thing is that you chose. See, and that's why it said here: we prioritize personal gain over well-being, neglecting the deeper questions of purpose and interconnectedness. We're not by ourselves. We don't move alone. But what can we do to bring ourselves back? What can we do to rediscover focus and get away from the chaos? Because see, this chaos is not doing us any good. It's a speed bump. It's a deterrent. It's a distraction. This is why I love being where I am right now. Y'all can't hear the chimes out there on the balcony. Remember the show I did back there in the chimes? It's windy out there, too. I love it. I can see the trees blowing and the sense of peace. And what I do know from this experience on a constant level, because, see, I never grew up in the country. And people who grew up in the country, they know this feeling. And I don't know how they leave the country and come into the city. But when I go around all the crowds of people, it could be in New York, it could be in Florida, it could be in Atlanta. Same thing here in Accra. They speak a different language. They speak English, but there's a native tongue here. There's practices in the culture that's a little different. I, I got used to them. But it's the same energy. When you have all these people who are looking for stuff. Now, I'm not putting anybody down, and I'm not saying this is, this is just Ghana. This is big cities. Collectively, people are looking. What can they get? How can I, how can I go higher? How can I get, oh, oh, somebody dropped a dollar. They dropped money. They didn't, I'm going to get it. Let me get their wallet. I'll give it back to them. I'm taking the money out. That man's with his wife. When he looking, I'm looking at her butt. Oh, look at that guy in the car with the red light. Think he bad with that brand new car. It should be me. See, we're like maggots when left alone. Not aware of how far down we sunk. And that has become the norm for us because other people have gotten like that too in the degradation. And we know how to put on when we get around somebody who is morally upright, truly and really and truly morally upright. 
You ever get around somebody? I'm not saying you all are not. But we all have different levels where we can go higher in our journey. Have you ever seen or been around somebody that you didn't really know, but maybe it was a friend of a friend, or you had to pass by you with a friend, and say, hey, I got to go pick something up. Come with me. And you go, and they say, oh, come on in for a little while. You go into their house, and it's just so peaceful. Nothing extravagant. And the person comes up and says, hi, nice to meet you. I heard a lot about you. But they're calm, and they look, they look clean. I'm not talking about their bodies or they might have five o'clock shadow, but, but there's something clean about them. And you're like, wow. And you feel how rotten you've been. Again, I'm not throwing off anybody here in the chat room. I'm talking about me, okay? <laughs> there are times I've been rotten. And I say, more. I, I need to get around this person. I, I need to be like this person. Not exactly like them, but let me improve myself. So this is what we got to do. Read these points off now. Rediscover and focus, which will help us unplug from the chaos. Number one, cultivate genuine connections. Prioritize face-to-face interactions and invest time and energy into nurturing meaningful relationships with loved ones. We don't even have relationships anymore. We have interactions. And a lot of them are for a reason. I'm going to bring this up, but, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it there now? It's slipping my mind. Um, sugar daddies. <laughs> There's a reason why a sugar daddy's around. They've made an agreement with that woman. You let me come around two, three, four times a week for a little while to get what I want. I'll make sure your bills are paid. I'm going to have to let anybody know about this relationship. You can go on and do what you do, but know when I call, I'm coming, and you better be there. Okay. Well, things have gotten so bad in the sugar daddy world. When I was driving a bus a couple of years ago, I used to hear some conversations. And there was one young lady who was always speaking to her girlfriend on the phone or in person on the bus. I knew both of them personally. And they were talking about how back in the day you can get one man on the side to pay your bills. But these brothers out here broke now. So I got to have a sugar daddy to pay the car note, a sugar daddy to pay for my food bill, a sugar daddy to pay uh, uh, for this and for that, my electric, my light. Like, God, how many sugar daddies you got? Like playing musical chairs on your backside. You got about ten sugar daddies and seven nights to give up. That's the problem because somebody's going to meet up. Who the hell is he? (laughs) But that's how, maybe not that bad, but our relationships have really become reduced and meaningless. When's the last time you really looked somebody in the eye and said, hey, I love you. I really, really do. And show it. And when you look in the eyes of that person, your, your eyes are tearing up. And you think about the time that they might not be here. And you want to make that expression count. That moment in time that you have together. And let them know how much that they mean to you. You have to have that. There was a passenger. And I'll move on to the next point, but I have to say this and I've said it before. I'll never forget him. 
Jerome Gallon is his name. This man lived in Tangelo Park in Orlando, Florida. And when I used to do the 21 route, or sometimes the 8 route, which is close to Tangelo Park, he'd get on. But mostly, it's Tangelo Park to be able to go to Universal Studios where he worked. And he was raised in America, but his bloodline is from Morocco. And he was always saying a kind word to some people that would get on the bus, even if he didn't know them. He would sense something about them. And I was so much into the job and keeping my face a certain way, and I was cool with people, but I had to have a professional demeanor, and I also had to have a sprinkling of, you don't want to mess with that guy type feel. But I wouldn't display that to the people I knew were nice because I'd evaluate people when they were getting on the bus. I would pick up their spirit and know how to deal with them accordingly. I knew the guy that was in the line that was going to give a little problem. I knew it. I see his attitude. And so I would meet him with this same, like, and he would know, okay, I'm not the one. But Jerome Gallon was different. He would greet everybody. If he got the eye contact, he wasn't up in people's faces. But he was truly an empath. And anytime he came around, the level of tension was reduced. And he would always say encouraging things to me. Left me always feeling good. And why I cried when I found out that he was killed. This is the kind of guy that's walking past the garbage can and sees some garbage on the ground. And the whole place is clean. And he'll bend down, pick it up, and put it in the garbage can. He didn't throw it down. Somebody else did, but he'll still pick it up. I see him do this. And he was over in front of a young lady's house speaking in another part of the city. They knew each other, and it was something business-related, something decent. And he was at the gate, and her door was way back, and they're talking. And to not yell, I think he went inside the gate and walked up, not to the door, but maybe 10 feet behind the door, or not behind the door, but in front of the door in the yard. The jealous boyfriend, I think, was intoxicated or whatever. He always suspected his woman of cheating and walked up behind Jerome Gallon and put a bullet in the back of his head. He didn't even know he was about to leave out of here. He's locked up, of course. He said, never let him out. But he took away from the earth someone who literally was an angel. And I'm not saying this in a homoish way. This man was a gift. Most will never know him. Most will never see him, even when he was alive. He was low-key. But if you came into contact with Jerome Gallon, you would always want to upgrade yourself, no matter what mood that you were in. And he was consistent, and it was not fake. And I think that's a damn shame. I went to the funeral. I held it in as much as I could, but when I got home... <laughs> You see, why does it have to be that way? And we, we take the genuine connections for granted. Slow down a little bit. People are not going to always be there. Look at Brother Holler, young and strong. God. Michael Hamer was a little older. But three weeks before 
he transitioned. He called me to do a show. And I know he got caught up in different things. Sometimes they say, we're going to do something tonight or tomorrow, in the next couple of days. I'm like, man, call me whenever. And sometimes he'd call me four or five in the morning because of the time difference. I didn't fret. I'd get, out, get about the bed because that was Michael Hamer, man. Now we have his conversations, what he shared from his soul. And I feel so good to be able to sit down with this man and capture those things. And when we first started doing videos, he would come to the house. And we'd meet outside on Silver Star in the Hiawassee Road. And I put the tripod up. Y'all remember, for those who have been around for a while, I love stuff like that. Love that. But I know we all have a time. And this is one of the reasons why I do what I do. So get rid of the reduced, superficial, foolish, bullshit relationships. I don't even want to call it a relationship, a proximity, uh, 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 some type of engagement, some type of association. Get rid of those. Make room for the real stuff. And if, if you have a lot of room empty, don't let just anything in. Let only the quality people who are about something. We're not talking about money. Oh, yeah, he rich, you know, so I want to be friends with him because, you know, I might not have no money one day. No, man. I know people with lots of money. And there have been times that I was broke. Figuring out, well, how am I going to eat next? And these people got money. I would never compromise my moral standing. To go that way. I know some, some drug dealers, y'all. I can, we grew up together. They wouldn't come looking for me. No. My mama used to, you know, feed them when they were elementary school age. They're locked. Come on over. You get some food. And they have the greatest reverence for my mother, my father, me. Just to even have remained clean and I get into certain things. And they love me. And I can ask them. But I don't. And they know I won't. They'd have to force it on me by having somebody else give me something, and it's really them. I'm not taking blood money. You see what I mean? But you keep those things quality. Number two, mindful technology use. Embrace technology as a tool for connection and growth, but set boundaries to prevent it from encroaching on essential aspects of life. Set boundaries. Set boundaries. We can't get away from it. We, we need it to a point in the engineered man-made system. You know, it's, it's kind of nice to be able to go on your smartphone and hit an app and transfer money from one thing to the, to the other as you go toward that ATM that doesn't have any money in it that you're going to take it out, and you can transfer it right there. Boom, boom. It's kind of nice. But if it goes away, I'm okay. Because I remember the old school way. You couldn't do nothing with no bank until that Monday morning came. <laughs> you put the check in. You better wait for that bad boy to clear. But, but don't let it take you over. Even though I will do stuff all day and mix it with the chores that I have to do in the house or the runs that I have to do. And I have my phone and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I use it efficiently, but I get off of it too. And I may appear to be on it all the time, 
And that's one of the reasons I can continue to do what I do at such a fast pace consistently because I, I know, oh, I'm going down a hill now. I can take my foot off the gas. You see what I mean? I'm not always mentally dominated by that, by that. And I have a procedure for producing content. I can whip up a show easily. I have things that I do. It's, it's an internal thing. Unless it's an event that happened out in the world that I want to talk about, when it's something along the lines of human nature, it comes to me. And as it comes to me, I know how to develop it into a show and jot my notes down. And the technological things of creating the banner and tagging it up, put it on different platforms, put it on my site. Once I get the idea, it's a wrap. So I don't, I don't find myself like other content creators. Oh, I'm burning out. I'm, I'm grinding. No, I, I used to say that word. I said I have to stop because I don't grind. I don't grind. Grind means it's like no lubrication. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, 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 it's like sandpaper rubbing something. Oh. I've taken the best attributes of my mind and mixed it with technology and used that as leverage. When I was in single-digit ages and as a young teenager in school, I used to love to draw the best book report covers. I didn't have to do that. But that was an extra touch when you hand in the book report to the teacher. It's like, oh, look what he did. Oh, it's so nice. Oh, whatever. You get extra points for that. <laughs> Excuse me. That's the cold ass thing because the cold is gone. <laughs> I think I'm going to get one good sneeze out of them. Hold on one second. Let me take a little sip of this iced tea, y'all. The simple things in life, whether it's iced tea or a cup of tea or, or, or you know, something culinary or waking up in the morning or giving in to sleep. Oh, God, that's the sweetest feeling. People talk about, oh, sensual, and they start thinking about sex. They didn't say no sexual. I said sensual. Enjoy your five senses while you're on this earth. We give up the good time because we're stuck in the daggone smartphone. And we forget how to leave this stuff alone. It's, it's unbelievable. Number three, reconnect with nature. Foster a reverence for the natural world by engaging in sustainable practices and actively participating in environmental conservation efforts. doesn't mean you have to go out there and there's some, some big company and they're, they're pushing for this thing. We're going to do a 20-mile walk and then we're going to go out there the next day and plant trees, whatever. Take care of yard. Take care of what's around you. Don't be so wasteful. The planet loves us. The planet wants to give to us. I mean, most may know the feeling of a well-prepared lunchbox when you're in elementary school. There's that hidden cookie under the bottom napkin that you didn't expect. Like, wow, it's a piece of home. It's a display of love. And even though your parents or caretakers or grandmother, whoever raised you, you feel it from them, and you feel a sense of home, even though you're in lunch with the other students. That's the same way that the creator, I just say that as an overall term, it does for us. But we destroy nature. We destroy that lunchbox. We destroy the mangoes, the melons, 
All the things that a tree, well, the melons are on the ground, but you know what I'm trying to say. That whole ecosystem, we destroyed to throw up a high rise, to throw up condos. Yes, we do have to live. We cleared the land here and we built a home here. But there's so much more growing than was here before and it's being cultivated. But thanks. It's a give and take. We don't consider nature as a living, breathing organism that we are in. It's amazing how it works. I've said it before, maybe you're tired of me saying it, but I learned out here that the healers, the real healers, not the quacks, but the real healers who know something about nature. And, and if, you've, if, you, if, if you've taken sick, but you lived in your home for a certain amount of years, and you're out in the woods somewhere, out in the, way out in nature, not just where you control the plants. So much feet away from where you live and around your home will be certain plants that grew that let that healer know what sickness you have. Because if it's a little more than normal that you have this kind of plant growing, that's nature's way of reaching out to you and say, hey, the cure is here. Hey, I'm growing more of me so you can take me. support you, patronize you, and everything else. But yeah, that's nature's way of showing love, reaching out to you, providing the answer. And like I said about the neem bush, there's so much neem out here in this part of the world in West Africa. And you say to yourself, why? Well, you know you have a lot of malaria out here, right? But you have a lot of neem, and neem is the answer to malaria and those mosquitoes because it repels mosquitoes. And when you take the neem in your body, whether you boil the leaf or eat the leaf or put it as a tea, it's a natural repellent and healer and, and, and a thing that keeps the malaria out of you. Even when you get bit, now you've got to have a lot in you for a long time. And you can still get malaria to a point, but it won't be as bad. But you see how nature works along? But we chopped it, we show no regard for it. The other thing that I've said before, the seeds. You spit the seeds of the watermelon out in your yard, no problem, and they start to grow. And once your saliva touches that seed, that watermelon that grows from that particular seed is custom, can't say custom made because somebody else can eat the watermelon and it does not good, but more so for you. And if you have something of a cancerous situation going on inside of your body and your saliva touches that seed and it grows, that watermelon will be more with an increased, customized makeup to it to combat that cancer or whatever it is that you're lacking. Although anybody can eat it. But most seeds that are out here came out of somebody's mouth. But I, I, those are the things I wonder about more and more. They're finding out how different animals are, can talk to each other. Of course they talk to each other. You think we're the only ones who can communicate? 
You see the meerkats standing up on their back of their feet and looking around. You think they just, everything communicates. Insects communicate. The lizards out here communicate. I know that for a fact I observed them. But we don't respect that. We don't respect the system that keeps us going. I think it's sad. You know, so much more. I'm going to do a whole show on that. Number four, promote empathy and understanding. Cultivate empathy through active listening, perspective taking, and seeking common ground with others, fostering a more compassionate and inclusive society. And when I see the, the word inclusive, and they say promote empathy and understanding, inclusive means welcoming. A lot of us, we don't want to push up on people because we're used to a lot of people who are just standoffish and, you know, I wasn't invited. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'd love to go to something like that, but no. Inclusive. But then again, on the flip side, you can't be inclusive and welcome in a spiritual shapeshifter because you have so much of those in the world. But when you can pick up that connection with somebody, Really pick up the connection, not just the superficial foolishness they give you to have a pass into your world to come in there and wreck it. When you have that connection, that's the beautiful thing. We should promote that more. We should promote the human feel more. Not that we're doing stuff to get something out of somebody because there's a lot of that in the world. I'm sick of it, especially when you see it coming. You know, okay, I already know what this is. Let's just hear him out, but I already know what this is. We, we all here in this chat room know that because you all are of a higher level. You know when people are trying to hustle you or come at you all kind of ways. That's why sometimes I just have to be blunt. I just have to be blunt. Number five, prioritize family bonds. Hmm. I don't know about that, but I'm going to read this anyway. I jotted it down. Make concerted efforts to strengthen Family ties, prioritize quality time together, and foster an environment of love, support, and mutual respect. Black folks, come on now, y'all. I had to put it down like that, but that's going to be one of the hardest ones because family is the most prostituted word in the whole English language, especially with us. Come on, you can loan me that $5,000. I know I ain't paid the $8,000 before yet, but you'll give it to me. Why? We family. What? What? I'm not going to be negative in that respect. But it would be nice if we can improve just a little bit. But to improve just a little bit just can't be a superficial thing. We're going to have to go back and deal with the issues where we left it. We can't ignore that. Let's just leave it at the past. What? No. Uh-uh. If you drive past me and a little too close and knock off my side view mirror, oh, it's the past. Let's just let it know. You got to take care of that. <laughs> you better bring stuff right on back up. Not to argue, but, but I need to have a sense of closure. But yes, we need to prioritize family bonds. And we don't need to take the process of healing to bring up st- stuff and go right back and start arguing again. But if you can't get along with your family, them certain ones, some you can, some you can't, leave it alone. Hopefully it'll come around. Because just like with a car accident in the street, if everybody drove according to the rules perfectly, there will be no accidents. Oftentimes, there's one person at fault because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. And sometimes, it's both people. 
or the three or whoever else is in the accident. See, if you drove according to the rules, there would be no accident. You're going through an intersection and you have the lights. Somebody comes to hit you. They messed up, right? Or somebody's down texting behind you, coming up in this red light, and they slam you in the back because they had their face down in the phone. It's their fault. So I'll leave that when I had to say the right thing, but you know how that is. Number six, engage in meaningful pursuits. Shift focus towards endeavors that align with personal values and contribute to the betterment of oneself in society. That's the joy I get out of doing this. It's entertaining to me. It's fun. It's cerebral. I can express myself, and I don't think I know everything. I just got a lot to say, but it brings me great joy. What would you want to have me sit up in the house all day looking at porn? I can take my experiences. I can take the old dusty things out of my cerebral garage, polish it up a little bit, and somebody finds value for it. I mean, look at all the decadence that's out there. A lot of folks have no problem with it. Listen, man, I could be your stuff, man. You ain't, you ain't popping like you used to be before, man. You used to talk to all that crazy mess, and now you done got boring. Well, I got a little more mature. And I'm glad I'm boring to you who are so low vibrational. I'm glad because this is so easy for me. You see what I mean? Because you'll attract low vibrational people when you try to go higher anyway. That's the crabs in the barrel. You climb it up. You're trying to go a little higher. Here they come drag you down. Can I come on your show, big bro? You get on that definition. Just when his dysfunction become marketable like that. But because we eat on each other and all of our toxic stuff has become entertainment, most of us love it. We love to wallow in it like pigs because a lot of us are. I think it's a damn shame. Certain things I see, it's like, I don't want to see that no more. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm getting boring, but I'm happily boring to myself. <laughs> Number seven, and we talked about this earlier in the week, cultivate gratitude and presence. Practice mindfulness and gratitude to appreciate the richness of the present moment and cultivate a deeper sense of connection with oneself and others. I'm glad to be here with you all. We don't know where we'll find ourselves tomorrow. We don't know what situation we'll be in on an emotional level, on a mental level, on a physical level. You see? Yes, Riri, I miss Brother Hamer too because we used to have a lot of personal conversations. And he was just the same way. I, I, I can see his expressions on his face. Because remember, I spent time with this man. In my home, in the street. I don't mean in the street, like we walk around the street, but when we did our little videos and stuff like that, we would stand out there for about 30 minutes before we start. Sometimes we were out there for two hours after we finished. I'm like, man, we should have recorded this. Are you right, Brother Lance? You know, the heart is connected to the brain and the brain. Oh, man, I miss him so much. Oh, man. But there's a definite divine order. And we're all better because we knew Mr. Michael Hamer. And there are other people that we're going to know and bring us higher. And as we go higher, guess what? People will hold us in that same reverence. But we're not trying to have that status. We're just vibrating and learning and passing on what you know and what you experience. That's all. 
I had lots of experiences, and I just talk about it sometimes and oftentimes in a comedic way to make it easily digestible. Not where I'm all stiff and anal. Oh, back in 1972, I had this. No. I'm not like that. I get bored quick. <laughs> if I hear something like that coming at me, like a lecture, you know? Yes, Renee, she passed away. Yes, he transitioned. I'm just so glad to have a whole playlist and hours and hours and hours of work conversations. Brother Holler passed away. And the funny thing is, I have a video of Brother Holler and Michael Hamer for about two hours talk, two or three hours talking. I know it's, I, I got to find it. I'll post it in the community section. So they agreed. They, they were flow, and they have different you know, outlooks different perspectives, but they see the same thing. Like an artist, because I, did, I didn't contradict myself when I said that. There's different perspectives that see the same thing. If, like an art school, High School of Art and Design, 57th Street and 2nd Avenue in Manhattan back in the day, late 70s, right? They had nude models. We were mature, you know. They had women that would sit there high up, and we'd have students all the way around in a circle. And we all have to draw what we see. And the person on the other side of me would draw the other side of what I couldn't see, but it was the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's not hard to find. Even as I'm here right now, I think it's high up in the playlist. And um, you might hear double for a second. No, 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 no. I hit this thing I wasn't supposed to. Hold on. Okay. Why did I do that? All right, I just did it again. <laughs> Let me go back to the actual channel. Hold on one second. I'm here. I'm not okay. Let me just go to playlist because I'm working on Mr. Political's renewed playlist. Let me just see. Um, is it on Hollis or is it? I think it's on Mike. Oh, I got it for you. Bingo, bingo, bango. Bango, bango, bango. Okay, let me just open this up. Okay, let it be the first one. Ah, there we go. Did you did you all just hear Michael Hamer's voice just a second ago? Let me know because that'll tell me a whole lot working off this computer. Did you just hear his voice? You just heard it, Riri? Because I had I, I got to calibrate this computer with this equipment that I have. I don't know if if I play it now. That'll help me for, oh, okay, okay, no problem. I heard it, but nobody heard it. Okay. Well, here it is. It's two hours and 58 minutes. I'm in there, but I kind of eased out the room because I knew it was a classic that was coming. And I'm going to drop it right here. Let me drop it right here. It's okay. It's okay because I can make it where you can hear it. I just want to know the way it was hooked up now, if it was um something that uh, you could hear, you know. All right, let me just put the title here. I'm about to drop it in this chat room so everybody can listen to it. It was a classic. Oh. Yeah, Brother Holler passed away. I believe it was September. September of 2022. And Michael Hamer was in toward the end. October, maybe? Or early November? I'm not sure. Of 2023. And, and I got them both talking with each other. Ah, 
It's a beautiful thing. Not that, oh, yeah, they're gone. No, I'm just saying that to capture that. Because how could I tell you what that sounded like? There it is, y'all. And it wasn't something where, oh, we're going to be so super spectacular. But, but to know what they both stood for, and they're both not here now. It makes you hang on to their every word. And so I say, for the people that we love and who have something to share with us, hang on to their every word because you have that life vibration that goes along with it. We open ourselves up to whatever pops up on the timeline of whatever social media feed that's out there. Why can't we open ourselves up to the people that we know that we can trust, that we can absorb good stuff from? That is, that is something. <laughs> Wait, what you say, Peter? Lance's fist looks dangerous. I won't feel bad for the wind getting hit. Where do you see my fist? <laughs> Wait a second. Ah, right, Tawana Phillips. Wait, wait, where do you see my fist? <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. Anyway, maybe in one of the shows or something or whatever. Yes, I have to defend myself in this life. But, um, sorry to go off on a tangent, but I'm just so glad I got that conversation to hear them both talking to each other. Matter of fact, later on after Neil Frazier's show, which I haven't even made yet, I'm going to, um, I'm going to listen to that myself. Anyway, let me get back on with this list. Number eight, embrace diversity and inclusion. Celebrate the richness of human diversity and actively work toward creating inclusive spaces where all individuals feel valued and respected. It's beautiful to make people feel valued and respected. That's why with Brother Holler and Brother Mike Hamer, I couldn't tell them enough how much of an honor, just the way I say to Neil Frazier, I'm going to say it again every chance I get. In his chronological age, there's so many other men that are not even trying to teach what they know. Okay, the next man may not know what he knows or what he specializes in. The next man might be a daggone mechanic but can come on and tell you, listen, I'm going to teach you some practical things that you need to know in the ownership of your vehicle. Information, knowledge, share it. And when they share it, show them love. Show them how much you value them and how much you respect them, even when they have things about them that are imperfect. I'm not talking about their child molesters. No, no, don't come around me. You're throwing everything else out the window when you're that. But they may be struggling with something. A person might be struggling with alcoholism and he's on his way beating it, but they got so much love in their heart, but they're coming out of this thing. This life, this obstacle course, this assessment exam, the placement exam for eternity ain't easy. It is so wonderful. Like what it said. Work toward creating inclusive spaces where all individuals feel valued and respected. Wouldn't it be nice if every job felt that way, the supervisors, the way it's set up, and really make you feel a certain way? That you count? You know, paying you a little more? <laughs> but letting you know that you're part of something bigger and you're needed. I need many of you. 
the reasons that you might not even understand. Maybe it's the way you say something and encourage me. And, and I take that and run with it. Many of you here have encouraged me so much to keep going. And this is my weekend. I'm an artist. I like to write. I can talk a little bit, but I'm not saying I'm the greatest orator. I'm just that dude that you met at the bus stop in the doctor's wait, 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 waiting room. We had a good conversation. You say, hey, man, here's my number. Let's keep up. Why not call me for three years? But, you know, it's cool. We made the connection. To make a person feel valued with your children, never forget to make them feel needed and valued. When they accomplish something that may be small to the world, but let them know how beautiful it is. They might draw a stick figure, but that's your child's stick figure, and that's got to be the most beautiful thing in the world. It's an extension of you, and they're bringing it to you to see if you're going to show it love and, in essence, them love. They'll figure it out later on when they get older. Yeah, Ma, I couldn't draw for crap, but you always made me feel like I was the greatest artist in the whole world. I'm not saying to lie to a beautiful woman or a woman who may not be worldly standard beauty, but find something beautiful about her. Because there is. Find something to encourage your sons and your daughters in or your husband. You know, I want to do a show on this, but I forgot what the, what the topic was, but we are touch-deprived. And it was an article about black men being touch-deprived. And from what I gather, it meant that black men don't get enough hugs. And our sisters, too, all of us, right? But that's what the article was about, so that's why I'm saying it this way. And we need that. We need to be held we need to be told that we're loved and appreciated because this world is not easy for us. And sisters, this is not a competition thing to say that you don't need that too. You need that too. But it's not really spoken enough of with the men to make us feel valued and appreciated. What spaces do we have when a lot of us come home to chaos? So we don't come home right away. We go out on the corner. We go to the titty bar. We'll go and, and just, not just that type of stuff. It may be the bookstore, whatever it may be. We feel alone lots of times, marginalized, pushed to the side, never acknowledged. And I'm not saying to kiss somebody's butt 24 hours a day, but a little more to love. And we'll, be, and we'll have more to reciprocate with. It'll wake up what we have on the inside because we want to give it freely. This is what we want to do. It's, 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 it's really, really an important thing. Number nine, nurture spiritual growth. Explore practices that nourish the soul and foster a sense of interconnectedness with all living beings, transcending individualism and materialism. When we are caught up in the whole individual thing, I'm Lance Curve, I'm this and I'm that. I'm Lance Curve government named Lance Skirvin. But I'm not the creation and projection Lance Skirvin. I'm a human being. But we have to have an identity that people know online. But don't believe for one minute I'm caught up in this image that I put up there. It's me. And there's things about behind the image that you don't know that is still there. That many of my inner circle knows. Nothing sinister. Oh man, he got he got 95 bodies from back in the 80s, man. I ain't tell you about that. <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> Nothing like that. But I don't get caught up in that. I make a little list of things I want to say. I talk about it in, in a real way. To remind us and to remind me of what I need to do. I'm not sitting up on some pedestal pointing down to everybody. This is what I would be reading and meditating on by myself anyway. If I didn't do these shows, it would be something that I indulge in on my own, looking down these bulleted points. It's just nice to be able to share it and be appreciated. And I want to let you know you all make me feel like I'm appreciated. And I thank you all for that. Seriously. See? Number 10, commit to lifelong learning. Very important. Foster a mindset of curiosity and growth, continuously seeking knowledge and wisdom to enrich personal and collective understanding. You never stop learning. The more you learn is the more you should have a hunger to learn. This, I, I want to know so much of how the world works, of, of how things work, of, of what happens in the unseen world of nature. I don't have no damn time to sit out on a back porch looking over at the next door neighbor trying to figure out what they No. You will never feel good about yourself when you don't find the purpose. And how are you going to find the purpose? Trying things on. Do you walk into a, a clothing shop and walk to one item and say, this is it, I'm not trying it on, I know it's the right, right size, I'm buying it and that's it. No, you got to try things on. You might try five things on and say, I got to pick between this one or two. And you get it. Like I say before, how did you know your favorite food was your favorite food? Because it's usually somebody pushed you to eat it. Come on, man, try this out. I bet you're like, no, no, I don't want that. look nasty. I don't want that. No, seriously, try, just take one bite. Just take one bite and I'll leave you alone. Man, you've been trying to get me to eat this mess. Oh, I, I'm telling you, I don't like that stuff. Yo, listen, I'm going to give you five hours to take a bite. Say what? <laughs> All right, give me the food, but give me the money first. You're snatching that bad boy away from me. You start chewing. And the strange sensations hit your tongue. And this thing that you thought you would never desire, it tastes so good. And your friend is laughing at you. And you're chewing it and you're like, yo, seriously, yo, this thing is good. Let me get some more. And no, you ain't taking all mine. You better order your own. And for the next two weeks, you find yourself at that restaurant getting the same thing every day. But you didn't know. How do you know what you like? How do you know what hobbies you want to pursue? Pick up a book of something that's outside of what you usually look at. You might find something fascinating that will bring more meaning into your life, will give you a purpose that would not only benefit you from just knowing more, but guess what? You have something to share. How are doctors made? At one point, they found out that they were interested in some simple thing, and it kept on going. The same with lawyers. The same with anybody who has a career profession. Talk to them and ask them, how did you get into that? I mean, aside from a family business, you never did this before. How did you get into this? From reading, having a desire to know, well, you know, I used to hang out all the time at this park and I was waiting for my friends to come by. We were going to play a little softball or some handball and it started raining real bad and they never came out and I ran across the street to get out of the rain and there was a mechanic shop there. 
And so I asked the mechanic, can I stand here until the rain stops? And, and the mechanic said, yeah, but do me a favor. Pass me that wrench over there. There were five wrenches. Which one? That, that, that silver one in the middle with the red handle. And he's using it. And Mr., can I ask you a question? What is that wrench? What is it used for? He's all glad to have company. Well, it's used for this. It's used for that. Oh, little boy, I see you over there all the time playing. I know I can trust you. Can you go and get me a coffee? Here, here's a couple of dollars. You can get what you want, and you can keep the change. Oh, okay. So is it a wonder that 10 years or 15 years or 20 years from now, that young boy has his own shop? It's cyclical. And he's in there one day, and another young man comes in to get away from the rain. So even in the present day, I ask myself, what is it that I'm starting now in my life that I think is something light, but it's going to be something heavy duty? In February of 2001, I was in Orlando, Florida, and just came down. Sold my house in April, going back and forth. Wasn't working yet, but I got this computer. And I was so happy to find out how to turn it on. I called up friends about three in the morning. Man, I cut the computer on. Because, see, they were all computer savvy, and I was a dunce. <laughs> and I took an interest to the Internet. I started drawing pictures and putting it up and writing little things and putting it up on AOL in the chat rooms, spamming people with drawings. Hey, man, you done sent me this thing 14 times tonight, man. I'm, go somewhere else with that mess, man. I wasn't trying to be annoying, but I was enthusiastic for something new that I learned. I didn't know 23 years later I was going to be sitting here with a website and, and, and all this stuff. And wow, YouTube wasn't around. Facebook wasn't around. X and, and Instagram and LinkedIn and all this stuff wasn't around. Black Planet was around. That was around. It's amazing. It's amazing. Thank you, Riri. Thank you so much. Wow. But I'm going to wrap this down because I have to prepare <laughs> for Brother Neil Frazier's show. And um, I'm, I'm just so happy to be here. And thank you for all the years, whether you came in within the last week or a couple of days or you've been here all these years throughout, I used to spam people. In the AOL chat rooms, let's hear something funny too. I was at the Accra Mall, and at the Accra Mall, it has a supermarket named Shoprite. I don't know if it's connected to the Shoprite in America, but it's Shoprite. It's a really good supermarket. They have some video of me walking through there or something like that, right? And so I'm walking through there, and there's a woman. I was in the back. You know, you're cutting across where the aisles are. You look up the aisles. I didn't even, I knew what I wanted, but I always check all aisles just in case something screams out at me. Oh, you need me. Take me home. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Grab it and put it in the cart. This woman, she's in the back, but way on the other side, and she's staring at me with her mouth open. She can't believe it. And so she screams out my name. Let's go. Oh, my God. Don't you remember me? I said, I never saw pictures of you. Who are you? I'm probably one of the first people to acknowledge you. I forgot what her screen name was. I wouldn't say it anyway, but on AOL. 
But it instantly hit me that this woman was online with me on AOL in the chat rooms and little message boards and stuff and on Black Planet back in 2001. And I was one of the people, she was one of the people I used to always send the stuff to. But she was a little more kind than that. She was more last. You know, you sent me this six times already. <laughs> and she's out here in a cry. Well, Ghana, not necessarily a cry, but on the outskirts. Isn't life something? Just think of all the people that you know or knew. You, you know, you knew them from younger, but you got older. Don't even recognize each other anymore, but you're around each other. Or some kind of thing where they say six degrees of separation. It may not always be six degrees. It might be two degree or one degree. You never know. You never know. It's amazing how this world works. And so we have to know. To get this goodness, we have to be able to unplug from the chaos. The chaos is there. Or you can eat chaos, Golden Corral style. But if we eat into that and allow that thing to dominate, we won't feel the goodness of life. I'm sitting here at a wonderful meal. I timed it right. I came on, and I feel once again a sense of fulfillment to have covered another topic. And we're going to do it again tomorrow. Tonight is going to be Neil Frazier. I'd like to write an article after that, maybe do some graphics and change some things around, make it look a little fancy here and there. Keep pushing to go higher. Even when you're broke, you can go window shopping. I'm not saying to get into the whole consumerism thing. I ain't got no money. I ain't going up. Yeah, look, you, you can shop better when you go shopping with no money. Because you know you're not going to do the impulsive thing. You get a chance to go through everything. So even when you may not have people around you or you may feel a little down or a little discouraged because things are moving, moving slower, you can do something. You can do something to improve. But you've got to unplug from the chaos. But see, too many of us love this chaos thing. It's very intoxicating, but it's not good for us and not good for our mind. All I'm hearing right now is chimes. Chimes. I go to sleep, I hear chimes. Ling, 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 ling. I feel like one of them monks up on the mountain. Because <laughs> my sense of recall is growing more and more. And chaos has faded away. And people will bring you chaos on social media. <laughs> believe that. Trust and believe. They'll try to. But it's up to you to put up your filters. But you have to be inclusive and let the good people in. You got to master letting the good people in and keeping the toxic people out. No matter how much of a smile they have on their face. See? There's an art to that. And after you fall off the bike a couple times and bruise your knee, you know the sense of urgency that you have to have to learn what it's like to balance. Me riding a unicycle, and I can still do it now. <laughs> I don't want to bust my knee at 240 pounds. That's a lot more weight than I was when I was around 100 pounds as a little kid. Thank you, Ren H. You know? <laughs> exactly, Peter. I don't think I can sustain chaos. <laughs> We're not made for that. It erodes us and clogs us up and keeps us from vibrating on the love vibration, as Michael Hamer would say. That love vibration, 
Wow. Anyway, it, it, it's, I should, I should, let me see here for a second if I can. Yeah, let me, since I brought it up, right, let me actually play a snippet, knowing now that I'm, I'm, I'm on my way out to do something, and I have to do something here. But just as I talked about it, and I'm going to skip around, too, on that. Let me see if I could just leave it like this. I haven't gone in this place in a while on this particular uh, platform. I'll just leave this particular thing up. If you can hear it, let me know. If you can hear it, let me know. Here we go. More power than the currencies we're you know what I'm saying? Mm. And the it's super subconscious. Right. Yeah. Well, but the super subconscious that you design, okay, and it's in your pioneer blend, and it's in your heart. So that message is already instilled in you when you come into this world. But did you get the common law, the common message to go along with it? By right. So we create the spirit. Mm. You see what I'm saying? The spirit of the truth right. is in the child. But we create the spirit, the good or the bad. Right. That's why I say beware of false doctrine. You know, that brain, that's why I talk about the brain a lot. You know, yeah. people, that's yourself. Everything that right. you know about yourself is contained about yourself is contained in your brain. Mm. Your behavior, where you see the world and everything. So, so, you know, people don't study their brain and they don't study their heart. And that's what you got to study. Those two right there, you got to study your whole body. Because the whole yes, thing, because everything is connected. You know what I'm saying? Yes, you know, a lot of this stuff I'll be saying, you already know. It's just the way I put it in perspective for right. everybody to understand. Even yes. a child understands this. You know, I be talking like this with some grown men. They be arguing and stuff with their sons. They had their sons with them. And all of them sons at the same time, they say, Daddy, that man know what he's talking about. So I know that message is already in there. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> That's why I say if you want to know the truth, listen to the children. I'm already there. Ooh. They say, oh, sit your butt down. You don't know what you're talking about. The kids do know what they be talking about because they're still innocent. Right. They ain't been, you know, they ain't been a, 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 they ain't been tricked with those uh, religions and stuff yet. They still, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's why when the child start talking, the first two names you learn and say is mama and daddy. So where did all these other imaginary friends come in? You know, it's trickery. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's one thing about the subconscious of mind, it could be tricked. It can't distinguish what's right and what's wrong. <laughs> see? Right, <laughs> you feel right, me? That's why right. I say teaching these things. You don't tell you talking about the brain. You don't tell you talking about the subconscious mind. Yes, and that's the knowledge that you learn later that once you get into that realm. Right, exactly. Spiritual on our frequency, there is no right or wrong. You have to balance the energy out. Right. Oh, yeah, there you go, brother. Yeah. But when it gets tampered with, this is when you right. lean to one or two sides and you never have balance. Exactly. Yeah. You go yeah. to a, you can take a child to as high frequency or as low frequency. That's why right. I say beware of false doctrine. And that's where religion come in. You see, this religion thing been going on for centuries and stuff. You know, it's just coming to an end because you got people under hypnosis, you know, hypnotized. Right. You know, so, okay. But see, this is no coincidence. They tell you after 400 years, and I tell you. Yeah, that was a little taste, everybody. I'm getting a little teary-eyed listening to this. And, um, wow. I just thank the creator for the gift of Brother Holler and Michael Hamer in my life. And um, life is mysterious, y'all. Enjoy each other while we can and share as much good quality information 
while we can. It's not going to end on this level by no means. I know that for a fact. Because energy can't be destroyed. It only changes forms. So on that sentimental moment, I'll leave it at that. I just want to say that I love you all. And um, take care. That really got me. And, and, and to hear the flow. And, and Brother Hollis said so much more also. We just caught the part that had, you know, Michael Hamer speaking a lot. But the link is in the chat room. I dropped it. For those who are watching this and came in late, just scroll up in that chat room and you'll see the name, the both their names and everything. And just a wonderful, wonderful time that time. And I know when people are speaking truth, real truth, I, I know when to shut up. <laughs> All right, y'all. We're going to be back uh, 3 o'clock Eastern time, 12 noon Western, West Coast time. Brother Neil Frazier, and come on in. Let's just show him love and appreciation because that's what he does for us every single week. Thank you so much. I love you all. Peace. And he's a very kind man, seriously. I do talk with him on phone, like on phone, on WhatsApp, but I've never got to meet him. But today, he's just extraordinary. He's very, like, anything you want to know about life, anything you want to know about just him on, just like, anything you want to know about life, please. YouTube, Telegram, Instagram, Twitter, all the social media channels, you got to find him there. He's very inspiring. He's very positive. If you want anything positive about life, please subscribe to Landscape. And then, every day you got to see different videos, different talks, different topics about life. See you. Make sure to go to landscurve.com, an online magazine established in 2001 containing written articles, thousands of talk shows and discussions, cutting-edge cartoons, as well as erotic expressions and tasteful adult photography. It's definitely not for the faint of heart. Once you get a taste of the world of Lance Curve, trust me, you'll be back for more. LanceGurve.com Bold Raw and uncut.